Good morning, everyone. So glad to be with you today and to uh, share God's truth with you today. Now, today we're starting a uh, new four-week series on how good is good enough. But I have to confess that I'm doing something that I don't usually do. Most of the ideas that I'm bringing to to you in this series actually come from someone else. Andy Stanley has an excellent little book by the same title, How Good is Good Enough? And any good thinking that you hear today, you can read a little bit more about in his book or listen to his messages on the same sheet, on, on the same, uh, same topic. And of course, uh, for any of you who may be new today, uh, there is a, a, in your worship's uh, folder a sheet that you can take notes on if you like. Now, because I'm a pastor, people often talk to me about issues of faith and religion. Not surprising, I guess. And of course, some people, when they find out what I do, also avoid talking to me at all. (laughs) And sometimes people say something like this, you know, I don't have anything against Christianity itself, but my concern is that there's surely more than one way to get to heaven. It's not that there's anything wrong with your Christian system, but there have to be other ways. And I can appreciate that. I mean, you think about it. Yeah, surely a God who's big enough to create the whole universe, the the earth, the heavens, the stars, and everything else, surely he didn't limit his access to just one door. I mean, houses have more than one door, and big houses have a whole lot of doors. So that's a fair question that I hear quite a lot. And some of you might agree with that. And you may say, well, I think I'm a Christian, but I don't believe Christianity is the only way. Now today, I want to talk about the idea that supports the thought that there are many ways to get to heaven. Because most people who believe that there are multiple paths to heaven also believe something else. Today, I want to talk about that something else. The premise behind all this is Good people go to heaven. Good people go to heaven. All good people go to heaven. It's not just Christians who go to heaven. It's good Buddhists. It's good Muslims. It's good Hindus. It's good atheists. It's good whatever. It's not any one group that's going to get there, but just good people from all groups. And the common common denominator behind all this is not the identity of who God is. It's not how they pray. It's not how they worship or whether they love God or they follow Jesus. The common denominator is that they are good people. So consequently... Going to God isn't limited to one particular people or religion, but he's going to gather up all good qualified people from all groups. And some of you might say today, yeah, I believe that. And if I ask you why in the world would God let you in his heaven, you'd say something like, well, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus. And and you would add, well, I do my best. I'm trying hard. I'm a good dad. I'm a good mom. I'm honest. I don't hurt anybody. I'm a good employee. And then you'd have to add, now I know I'm not perfect. Like you need to say that. Uh, Well, thanks for saying that because I needed to hear that because I thought you were perfect, actually. And then we might even add, well, I did this and I promised this and I told God this and I I know this. Well, if you're here today and you believe in God and I ask you why you're going to heaven, you might say something like that. 
You might tell me some good things that you've done, and you know why? Because in your heart of hearts, maybe you believe all good people go to heaven. And sometimes sometimes it's hard to engage people in a serious conversation about who goes to heaven. People are just more, well, whatever, whoever. If there is a heaven, you know, I'm probably going to make it. They don't say this, but this is what they mean. If anybody's going to make it, I probably will. I'm not sure the qualifications, but whatever they are, I probably got them. Because I'm pretty average. I'm better than some people, not as good as other people. Good people are going to heaven. And God's going to get all of the people there. It's not just good Christians. It's not just Jews, not just Muslims, not just atheists, but all good people are going to heaven. There was an article in the San Jose Mercury News some time ago where a lady wrote this. She said, what, what I've come to believe is simple, that if you're a loving, caring Uh, If you live a loving, caring life with respect for yourself and others, basically if you're a good person, then you will go to heaven or whatever it is that happens after you die, if anything happens at all. And there's something very appealing about the idea that good people go to heaven. I'm telling you why. Because I'm good. Because you're good, right? Uh, Any bad people out there? I've never had anybody admit, I believe there's a heaven, I believe good people are going there, but I'm not one of them. And recent surveys tell us about 87% of Americans actually believe in heaven. And about the same number believe they're going there. Because we just are. We're good people and good people go to heaven. Now there's merit to this kind of system that good people go to heaven. I want to give you some of those ideas. First of all, it's a fair system. It's a fair system. It's it's just fair. In your house, good things happen to good people. And when kids are bad, bad things happen when kids are bad. Good things happen to good people who do good work in our society. And even in some of the Bible stories, especially in the Old Testament, there were some good people and good things happened to them. And bad people got some pretty bad things. It seems to be a fair system. Second reason, the the second merit, the advantage to the system is you'll make the cut. If you're a good person, you'll go to heaven. Thirdly, it motivates you to be good. It motivates you. If you, wanna, if you want to live your life thinking good people make it and bad people don't, it makes you want to be good. You may not know what good is exactly, but it motivates you to try a little harder, especially as you get older and you think you might be nearer to the end of your life. You think, well, I hope I better bone up on what it is to be good because we're kind of getting to that stage. Fourthly, It's consistent with the idea of a good God. It's consistent with the idea of a good God. Because if God is good, it seems right that good people would be there with him. It just makes sense that good people would would get to be with a good God and a good heaven. It's logical. It, it, It sort of buys into common sense. So much so that a lot of people just haven't thought about this concept. You know, I haven't met a lot of people who say that who think much beyond the surface. Well, uh, if it's good, about, good enough for me, how about those giants, you know? It, it just changes the subject. But let's be honest here. There are some problems with the good people go to heaven point of view. 
I'm not going to try to convince you that Christianity is right, though looking at this audience, I suspect most of you already believe that. But I just want to point out some problems in this view that good people go to heaven. No matter what you believe today, even if you don't believe in heaven, just walk along with me. Because there are far more problems with believing that good people go to heaven than there are with the fact that there's some other standard for going to heaven. Now here's the biggest problem. First of all, there's no clear standard of good and bad by which we can check our progress. Now this is a big deal, that there's no clear standard of what good enough is so we can check our progress. If good people go to heaven, we need to know what it means to be good. We need to know how good is good enough. We need to know if it's a scale thing, however that works, and we don't seem to know that. We need to know which of these ladders you have to climb. Do you have to climb the short one and that's good enough? Or do you have to go way up taller? Or maybe maybe there's a ladder we don't even have here. How good is good enough? And if God is good, whoever he is, or it is, my eternity hinges on that. And if that God is going to say, you're good, you're in, and you're not, you're out, then he owes it to us to let us know what good is. And if that's the way it works, if this good God who is going to get gather, gather together all the people and bring them into heaven, then he, he certainly ought to be good enough to let us know what the standard is. What is good? And how good is good enough? Now, what some people want to do is get out their Bibles and say, well, I can tell you how good you have to be. You have to love your neighbor. You have to be kind. You have to love God. You have to be obedient. And I'm trying to live by the good book. And this is a good book from a good God for a good heaven for good people. And the way I figure, if the Bible is from God, and that's the target, I ought to be good enough. Now listen carefully to what I'm going to say now. Because if the Bible is your goal, you'll never be that good. If only the people who do all of what the Bible says, then ain't none of us going to heaven. Let me tell you what the Bible says. And you know this. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's from Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Everybody tried out, but nobody made the heaven team. Secondly, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one righteous. You can try all you can, but in the end, everybody took the test and nobody passed. Thirdly, no one will be called righteous by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. That is, nobody can be good enough by just obeying the rules. Because the law wasn't something that God gave us so that we can know we're going to heaven. The law was something he gave us so we could say, you know, I'm not really so good, am I? This must not be the way to do it. There must be another way. Because I don't seem to be living up. But if the Bible is the standard you're using, if this is your roadmap to being good, to being good enough, if you believe that good people go to heaven, don't use the Bible. 
Because the standard is way, way, way too high. That's all I'm saying. Now some people say, well, I keep the Ten Commandments. I keep the Ten Commandments. And in their mind, if they can keep the Ten Commandments, they should be able to go to heaven when they die. And probably a lot of people think that. And maybe some people do keep them. But let's check those Ten Commandments and see if you've kept them. Let's see. Have you ever worked on Saturday? That's a problem. Ever put making money before God? That's a bit of a problem. Ever disobeyed or dishonored your parents? Yikes. (laughs) You got me there. Ever said the name of God in vain? Oh my God. Oops, I did it again. Now maybe don't murder doesn't affect your life much, but how about don't covet your neighbor's house or wife or stuff? Well, yeah, his house is really nice. I I, I wish I could have that. It's a lot better than mine. And uh, I'd like to, and and his wife? Let's don't go there. Now here's another interesting thing. If you look at the books where the Ten Commandments are referred to, heaven is never mentioned. In the book of Exodus, where the commands are first listed, you know, where Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the stone tablets, there's nothing in that whole book about heaven. Nothing about eternity, nothing about life after death. No verse says that if you keep the Ten Commandments, you'll make it. It's not even implied, just not there. And if you're thinking that following the Bible or how to be good will get you there, well, wow, that's going to be a really, really hard way to do it. Because according to the Bible, you won't make it and I won't make it. We're just not good enough. Now some folks would say, well, I'll tell you where I get my sense of what is good and what is bad. God has put in all of us that innate sense of right and wrong. It's just in you from birth. Everybody has this sense that some things are right and some things are wrong. Kind of like an onboard computer. So so you know right from wrong and I know right from wrong. And if everybody would just do our best to do what is right according to what is deep within them, then everybody would be okay. That's what God will look at. Did you do what you thought was right? But do you remember that two major world wars have been fought over what two different people thought was right? In fact, if you go to one side, they say, we're right, we've got God on our side. And you go to the other side and they say, we're right, we've got God on our side. And you think, well, poor God, he can't decide which side he's on. And today, we've got people blowing up buildings and blowing up people, and they say that they are, they are good people doing God's will. And they're going to go to heaven because they've done brave things for God, even if they die while they do it. And you've got other people who say they're doing good God's will, and they're doing good, and they try to stop them by killing them. And you have to think, has everybody got the same innate sense of right and wrong? Not too many years ago, some of us white people like me, some of us white church people, we had major, major confused thinking about black people. And when they were asked why they were doing this, some of our white church people said, because we're right, because this is the way God wants it. 
But today, not only do we think that they are wrong, we're embarrassed to be even associated with that kind of thinking. We can't believe that people treated other people that way. And in that time, they were convinced they were right. And they quoted scripture. Were they right? Well, I don't think so. And you probably don't think so. But they thought so. And they were sincerely going by that internal thing inside them saying they were right. Nazi Germany, same thing. Religious people persecuting and killing Jews. They were so convinced that they were right. But you and I don't think so. We think it's obvious that that was wrong. But they didn't think that. And isn't it true that as you get older, some of the things you used to think were right, you now think are wrong? And some of the things you used to think were wrong, you now think are right? And you can go to different societies in the world and you find that people think quite differently. Even on basic morality, you can't get agreement on things. And many people do things that you and I would call atrocities, like Rwanda and 9-11 and Syria and Bosnia. Today, I heard on the news that there's chemical weapons being used in Syria because somebody must think that's the right thing to do. And there's ISIS and the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and Al-Shabaab doing all sorts of things that they think are right. But we don't think they're right. And some of our people killed Osama bin Laden because they thought it was right. But other people were really angry because we did this because they thought it was wrong. Now here's the problem with the idea that good people go to heaven. We just can't come together on what we think is good. There's no generally agreed sense of right and wrong. And if we, have, if we have some sort of internal computer on what is right and wrong, they're not all running on the same software. So it doesn't seem that you can rely on that because it's just not the same in all people. Now one other pretty big problem with this idea of good people go to heaven. We don't know what the grading scale is. We don't know what the grading scale is. The percentage of our actions, what percentage of our actions have to be good in order to make it? Is it 50% or 60% or 70% or 90%? I don't know. And if I asked your opinion, you'd probably have a different thought than I did. But the truth is, that's just your opinion. And it's just my opinion. You don't know and I don't know. And you know what? Some of us are in trouble. Because you've done so many bad things in your life that you don't have enough time to do enough good to get a passing score, even if the score is 50%. Are some things worse than others and other things not so bad? Well, I never killed anybody. Well, that's good. I'm glad. But how do you know that's the big one? And you say, well, the Bible, no, 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 wait a minute. The Bible has a quite a different standard, a very high standard, remember? Now, of course, the habits that I'm, I struggle with, I'm sure God understands that, that they're not that bad. God understands the things that I have trouble with, and I'm sure he's okay with that. And the things that I've really got nailed down and do well, I'm sure God really thinks those people who do those are really wrong. 
And what age does it start counting about the good things and the bad things you've done? Is it five years old or seven years old or ten years old? Uh, Is it adolescence? No, no, I know we all get a pass for adolescence, surely. Uh, And God doesn't even look at those crazy college years, surely. But how do we know? Is it 18? Is it 21? If you believe good people go to heaven, we have to be honest. You have no earthly idea of where you stand with God. And if I ask you what's important to God and what's not, you'd have to say, well, this is and that is. But if I ask you, you'd have to say, if I ask you why, you'd just have to say, well, it just is. You know, we just know that. If it works for me, it'll probably work for God. Now, you know what the good people go to heaven system is really like? It's like a teacher who says at the beginning of the the semester, now class, there's only going to be one test. It's pass, fail, you're dismissed. Yes, you in the back. Uh, Have you got any, uh, any notes for us? No, sorry. Anything we can read? No. Uh, How about some uh, websites we can look at? No. Anybody who's taken this test before that we can talk to? No. You mean you're going to give us a test on something we've never covered and you've never made clear to us? Yep, class dismissed. It would be like showing up for a new job and on your first day your boss says, if you do well on the 90-day evaluation, you keep your job. If you don't do well, you won't keep your job. Well, could I get a job description? Sorry, we don't have one. Uh, What am I going to be evaluated? I I just can't tell you. It would be like signing up for a race and you get to the starting line and say, how far are we going to go? Nobody knows. Is the track marked out for us? Uh, Sorry, no. Uh, Where's the finish line? We'll tell you when you cross it. And the gun fires and everybody just runs around. Now, I'm just asking you to think today, right? We're we're thinking through this situation. But that's the situation if good people go to heaven. You have no idea what is good. You have no idea where you are in the race. You don't know what the job is. You don't know how much time you have left. You don't know how much the good has to outweigh the bad. You have no idea of what it takes to get there. And you're hinging your entire eternity maybe on something just somebody made up. A teacher who won't tell you what you're going to be graded on, that's not a good teacher. An employer who won't tell you what you're going to be evaluated on, that's not a good employer. Somebody who organizes a race where there's no clear finish line and hasn't mapped out the track, that's not a fair race. And the belief that good people go to heaven is to embrace a system that is so unjust and so unfair that it breaks down, really, at the least bit of analysis. There's a fourth problem with this view that good people go to heaven. First of all, it makes a liar out of Jesus Christ. Now, usually when I talk to people about that, they, I can't really get them to say that Jesus is a liar. People who don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God don't want to say that. They say, well, I don't believe he said that part of the Bible. If good people go to heaven, Jesus lied. Because here's what Jesus taught. Bad people go to heaven, 
and good people don't. In Jesus' day, the religious leader's job was to be good. They were consumed with being good. And Jesus said, you know, you look at those people over there, those religious people. They say, yeah. Well, unless your goodness exceeds those, you're not going to be in the kingdom of God. But Jesus, those are the goodest people I know. Nobody is good as those people. Yes, but unless your righteousness exceeds the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus was saying, you know, they may look good to you, but they missed the point in God's eyes. And then Jesus would walk up to bad people and he'd say, you're forgiven, and you're forgiven, and you're healed, and by the way, you're also forgiven. And he taught that the best of the best weren't making it. And the worst of the worst could be forgiven. Now here's what Jesus taught then, in summary. Bad people go to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven. Because as we read before, there's nobody who's good. And I'm just saying what Jesus taught. Jesus taught that forgiven people go to heaven. And that's a huge difference from good people go to heaven. Now let's look at a passage out of the Bible that speaks about this. It's one where Jesus is on the cross. You, you know that. We've been reading those things. And it's in Luke chapter 23, verse 32 to 43. Luke 23, verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, bad guys, who were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, those bad people, those guys who betrayed me, the ones who tortured me, the ones who crucified Jesus, wanted to forgive it. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And the people stood there watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen one. And the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They, they offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. And there was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who, hurled there, who hung there hurled insults at him and said, Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since we are under the same sentence, we're punished justly because we're bad guys. For we're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Isn't that an unbelievable story? I mean, it's quite incredible. Jesus said that a guy who was bad enough to receive the death penalty is going to be with him in paradise. Now you think, well, you know, I know he's going to change his life and from then on he's going to be good because only good people go to heaven. But there he is on the cross and he says, from here on out, I'm going to be a better husband. From this point in my life, I'm going to change. I'm going to be a better father. I'm going to be kinder to my neighbors. No, he couldn't do that. He had no way of making up what he'd done. 
He was going to be dead in a couple of hours. He didn't even didn't have 51% on the test. He was closer to a zero. And all the people around him would have said, you're too bad. There's no way you can go to heaven. Now the things that the thing that makes following Jesus different from any other idea that you're going to think about is Christianity is not about D-O. It's not about do. It's not what you do. It's not how good you are. Whether you're 50% or 70% or 90%, it's about D-O-N-E. It's what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. Jesus died for sinners, not for good people. And if we can't admit that we're sinners, then there's no way for us to come and trust Jesus. Jesus died for sinners, not for good people. Only forgiven people go to heaven. Only bad people who know their need for forgiveness. And the only way we can get there is to throw ourselves on the mercy of the one who can pay the price for forgiveness. The thief on the cross did it like this. Remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, because I believe you're the king. If there's any hope for me, it's not because of my deeds, how good I was, because my deeds have put me here on the cross. And Jesus said, that's what I'm looking for. You're forgiven. And we all have to say, I deserve to die because I've done the wrong things. I'm not that good. I know that I've hurt others. I've disobeyed what God says. What I need is forgiveness. And Jesus says, that's what I'm looking for. People who put their full trust in me. There's that famous verse in the Bible, you all know it, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who really tries hard will have eternal life. (laughs) That everyone who follows the Ten Commandments will follow and have eternal life. No, no, you know it. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Christianity doesn't teach that good people go to heaven. Christianity teaches that those who put their trust in Jesus go to heaven. Putting your trust in the only one who's good enough is the way to be forgiven for our sins. So the last point, trusting Jesus is the way to eternal life. Now you may say, well, that's not fair. It's too simple. It lets bad people in and it keeps good people out. And I get that. There are a lot of questions about fairness. So next week I'm going to talk about that big issue, is Christianity fair? And, and, and I'm hoping in this series that you'll invite some, some unbelievers because this is the kind of message that maybe they need to hear. But today I wonder if there's ever been a time when you made a conscious decision. Did did anybody skip over that part and not make that conscious decision to follow Jesus and to quit trusting all the promises you've made, all the things you've done or haven't done? Has there been a time when you said, I don't need a second chance to get it right. I need a Savior. And here at Blossom Valley, we... I'm sure there are some of us who've always been trying to be good enough. But we'll never be good enough. Because we don't make it that way. 
And we always ask people to stop trying to be good enough and let God change you. But you have to admit that you've sinned and that you're not good enough. You have to put your complete trust in Jesus as the one who cares and the one who will save you. Now don't get me wrong. When you accept Jesus, I'm pretty sure God will say to you, I don't want you to stay the same as you are. I care about you too much to let you stay the same. I want you to change. I want you to be better. I want you to be gooder than you were before. And don't forget, you'll never be good enough. You'll never be able to climb the highest ladder. It's about what Jesus has done for you. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much that you made a way that all of us could make it. You were the only one good enough. And I thank you because, Lord, I know that I'm not good enough. And I just pray that as we take that message to people who need to hear that message around our city this week, would you help us to to talk with somebody about this issue? Somebody who needs to hear this message. Or maybe, Lord, there's somebody here today who didn't, didn't ever quite get that message before and needs to take that step to follow you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.